Well, hello, everybody. We are live. My name is Harrison Painter. We have Christian over here on the far right, left. And we have Mr. Scott Monty in the middle. And look, social media has gone corporate. So we have the great Scott Monty here, the architect behind bringing Ford Motor Company into a whole new era. And uh, this day is extra special, Scott, because the very first production Model T came out 101 years ago today. That's right. So, that, yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. And, uh, <laughs> You're not getting anything over on Scott Monty. He, he already knew. <laughs> All right. Well, I just wanted to impress Scott that I actually did a little bit of research before we had him on the program. Uh, you saw one of my tweets today. <laughs> I did. I was following you. And I also learned that you're actually not the head of social media, but you're the global digital and multimedia communications manager. That's what they call me. How do you fit that on a business card? <laughs> Uh, you don't. I haven't had business cards since March. <laughs> All right, so let, let's get straight to some of the good contents. we got a lot of people out here, and there's a lot of questions that folks have wanted to ask you. Now, I would assume okay. when you first went into Ford, into the, the, the really hardcore corporate world, that a lot of your traditional peers probably weren't completely open arms about it. Uh, how did you deal maybe with some of that? Uh, did some of the traditional guys look at you as maybe Mr tweet tweet and uh, did you have to earn some respect or did you already have it going in well the interesting thing about ford is that there was a um, <clears throat> there was a real desire to fill this position out and to to get active in this space uh our vp of communications ray day uh as he was putting uh you know kind of recrafting what communications at ford motor company looked like uh, he knew that Ford Motor Company needed to take social media more seriously and act uh, as if it weren't just a hobby, but to integrate it into our strategic communications plans. And he knew we not only needed to uh, get up to speed with social media, but if we were going to be uh, the Ford Motor Company that we uh, aspire to be, then we'd have to be a leader in the social media space. Uh, so when I arrived at Ford Motor Company uh, just a little over a year ago, um, and I came from a small consultancy that specialized in uh, social media advisory services, um, I was fully prepared to step into a situation where I had to convince people why this was important and do the upsell and, you know, really go against the, uh, the prevailing winds, uh, so to speak. And quite frankly, uh, it was anything but and has been anything but. Um, I think it, it's been um, an experience where people have uh, been excited about it, uh, have been curious, and continued to look for guidance as to how they can uh, institute social media within their uh, piece of the pie within Ford Motor Company. So people are really, and as we've had more success with it publicly, people are really getting on board and saying, yeah, this is clearly where the future lies for us. Uh, it's another piece of our marketing and communications efforts, uh, and we all realize that we need to work together to make it happen. Fantastic. Wow. So that must have been really, I mean, that made it a lot more exciting for you, especially a, a nice leap from Crayon into another company that is grasping the whole social media concept. But here's my question. You are representing Ford, and Ford is not just a company. It's an icon. I mean, it's an international icon. So when you're now doing social media, and social media is a very interactive kind of, of thing, 
How are you dealing with the red tape and the and the army of lawyers that are standing there waiting for anything to happen? Uh, I hope and pray that they haven't caught on to any of this stuff yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, um, a couple of things uh, with that. First of all, um, obviously we do have an army of lawyers. We call them OGC, the Office of General Counsel. Um, and it's very important that we adhere to some of the things that they counsel us on um, because Everything we do in the public eye is under scrutiny, knowing full well that we live in a litigious society, uh, that regulatory and safety claims are, are rife, and that, quite frankly, Ford Motor Company uh, you know, has been in the courts before and needs to be extra careful about what it does and how it documents its behavior, uh, both online and offline, as we deal with uh, issues related to our vehicles. Uh, that being said, I've also been entrusted with this brand, with this global and American icon that 95% of the people in the world are familiar with when they're, when they're shown that, that blue oval. Um, and I take that very seriously. I recognize that I can't necessarily be as freewheeling or as cavalier uh, in dealing with people on the web than I would have been if I were just working for an independent consultancy. So in some cases, personality-wise, I may have to dial back, but that's not to say that I make it bland and just all corporate either. Um, and, and what we found is that as people have seen our success grow and have seen Ford uh, kind of stake its claim in social media space, uh, people have been, particularly uh, within Ford, they, they trust us uh, from the, the social media team to, to, do it, to do what it is that we do. And the fact that our chief general counsel uh, actually has his own blog internally for his staff is a good sign. Um, and he got onto Twitter earlier this summer as part of an executive Summer of Taurus tour where we took top executives uh, from around the company and dropped them into various cities with uh, the new Taurus. We actually had them uh, involved with people online and tweeting and doing live chats and blog talk radio and things like that. Um, so we've been introducing this at a variety of levels and sharing it in a very personal way to show our executive team exactly what the impact can be. And they are all, uh, to a person, behind it and uh, completely enthusiastic about it. So I think we're figuring out ways to work within uh, the system to make sure that we have the freedom to speak plainly, uh, yet we still adhere to the regulations and the policies that we need to uh, as part of the process. Well, that's fantastic. Okay. I mean, it's it's great to see a brand like Ford that's been innovative for 101 years. Your industry has been somewhat decimated over the last five years, and to see Ford rise out of all of those issues and actually be a leader and an innovator, while other companies are still scared, right? They're they're afraid to jump into this social media space. So, what do you think they're afraid of? I mean, it's awesome to see a company like yours. You're not in the trend. You're ahead of the trend. So what's everybody else afraid of? <coughs> Excuse me. Well, um, I, I actually just wrote a post uh, last night. I think it was last night. It was, it's the time gets away from me. Uh, my latest blog post uh, is called Fear and Loathing in Social Media. And it, it investigates this notion that uh, there are still companies uh, in this day and age that are hesitant to get on board. And what's stopping them? Uh, a couple of things. 
loss of control of the message and just not feeling as if they're competent enough in the space, okay? So let, let's address each one of those because I think they're, they're very valid fears uh, and they're shared by companies small and large. Uh, first of all, loss of control. Um, if you think you've lost control of your brand or, or if you think, uh, let me state it another way, if you think that by entering social media you lose control of your brand, that's, that's the wrong attitude to take because I would argue that you've already lost control of your brand. It's been in the hands of your consumers for years. It's just that now we have uh, many more ways of seeing it happen and observing it and listening to it. And if you get involved in social media, you have a way to respond. You have a way to show the world that you're actually listening. You have, you have a chance for a two-way dialogue with your customers. And for a traditional marketer who's just been used to push marketing one way, here's our message, take it. It's a very, very different way of thinking. And I don't care what the platform is, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or blogging or Flickr or whatever, because the tools are going to change over time. It's, it's getting used to that new kind of behavior, getting back to the basics, really, of business, what business is all about, having relationships with your customers. You know, in, in the advance of uh, the mass marketing movement, over the last 50 to 60 years, we've kind of moved farther and farther away from what business was always about, a handshake, uh, a sense of trust, um, you know, the, the conversation over the pickle barrel in the country store or, you know, when, when we were all kids and walking into the bank with mom and dad and the teller or the vice president knowing the name of your kid and what grade he was in. You know, now you walk into the bank, you have to show three forms of ID before you can get out the door. So how how dehumanized has the mass marketing approach and technology made us. Um, and, and ironically, at the same time, there's this advance of online technology that allows us to connect people one-to-one -one or one-to-few more than ever before. So we're bringing back the humanization portion of the business relationship. We're just doing it through a different medium, okay? So that's, that's the answer to one in terms of loss of control. Number two, uh, companies being afraid of not really being conversant in this new medium. Um, I, I, personally, I think that's just a cop-out. You know, I started somewhere in this, and, and, you know, I built up an area of expertise. There's no reason that a company can't do this. I mean, any average Joe can start a blog within three minutes for free on WordPress or Blogger or TypePad. There's no reason companies can't be experimenting with this stuff right now. Absolutely. If they're afraid of making mistakes or being shown to be foolish in it, well, hey, it happens. We're human. You know, everything can't be perfect in this day and age, especially when we're moving at the speed of light. And seeing what other companies have done in the past and learning from their mistakes is even more important. You know, we've seen over the years the, the flubs of, you know, most recently Domino's and uh, Motrin Moms and, uh, you know, before them Walmart, Walmarting across America. I mean, there's a whole history of, of gaffes in the, public in the public sphere of social media, and they're there to be learned from, okay? So the, the company that, that doesn't want to uh, doesn't want to engage in this, I, I think, just is, is fearful of, of being shown to make mistakes. And... Again, if you if you do make a mistake, it's a conversation point. It's a chance to say, well, you know, our error, we've learned from it. Thanks for your input. And, oh, by the way, we're real people too. Absolutely.
Absolutely. So you're looking at, yeah, I like it, but you're, but I, I mean, going back to your second point, I think businesses do get scared. Everyone wants to be perfect, and by being perfect, you do dehumanize. So I'm, I'm with you on that. I, but I think it's a tightrope for a lot of these people. It is. It is. And, and, and the thing is, this isn't replacing anything that's out there. You know, we will still have print advertising, uh, although it'll be perhaps uh, uh, a, a smaller portion of the pie than it has been in the past. We'll still have television advertising. We'll still have all the traditional routes of advertising. This is yet another thing. And how it fits into the mix um, and how it stands apart as, as slightly different from everything else that's traditionally been done is probably the thing that makes it a little more difficult to grapple with, especially when, uh, you know, consider someone who's um, at an advertising agency. Um, and I used to work at an ad agency, so I completely uh, uh, sympathize with them. There's no media buy involved in social media. You know, there's no traditional creative or, or very little traditional creative that's involved in social media. It, it's And it's got to be uh, earth-shattering and terrifying to, to some degree for ad agencies to figure out, okay, this is the way the world is going. How do we get on board with this? Is it even within our wheelhouse? Is this something that belongs with a PR agency or a specialty social media agency? Uh, and how do we all work together now as our roles are being more, uh, are being more uh, converged? Right. I will say this. I, I, one of the things I, you know, when I was doing some of the research and looking at what you've done, it was nice to see you have a little uh, humor there. And I looked at your uh, kind of uh, your mirror there of uh, the Elizabeth Kubler-Ross thing on the five <laughs> stages of uh, social media grief. And I want to bring that up because my uh, uh, Harrison here has brought me into the social media because I'm an entertainer. That's what I do. And I just drug my feet because, oh, this is something else I have. It's another learning curve. It's another thing that I have to do. It's time. And so it, it, it is a hard – I mean, this is another tough lesson of life. And so reading that did make me laugh because it's there's truth in it. Sure, what made you come I, you up know, with I, that? That's, that's really where I'm going. What made you come up with that? I, I just – I saw the eMarketer article. You know the, the the main image that I posted there, the red graphics, um, about why uh, why companies are fearful of this and what what they're looking at really and, and looking to adopt. And I started thinking about it. and I said, well, it, it seems like a number of us at, are at different phases of adoption of social media. Some of us are really we get it and we're on board with it and we're leading the charge. Others are still stuck way back there. Why is that? And um, I, I just thought, well, if, I, if we think about this in terms of stages and, and the five stages of grief, you know, are, are pretty well known. Um, I thought, well, I, let's take those five stages and see if we can actually uh, kind of decouple uh, what's going on and apply those to each phase of, you know, what I've witnessed in my career uh, in terms of, of uh, corporate adoption of social media. And, you know, I, I worked hard to kind of wedge some of them in there, uh, but in the end, it fit. It, <laughs> no, I thought it, it worked. Made, I thought it was it very clever, sense. and, I and you know, it made me laugh, and, and I think you really hit it. And trust me, Harrison is probably going to be talking about that for, for weeks to come because he just loves that. <laughs> well, I, I think – Well, you know, there's, there's another one, too. Um, uh, I used this in a, uh, a book I co-authored uh, with 99 other people uh, called The Age of Conversation. Uh, and there's a, an, an image uh, from – it looks like a New Yorker cartoon, okay? And there's a uh, – there's four executives in a boardroom, one sitting at the head of the table and then the three others down there. 
and uh, the three are going like this, like this, and like this. <laughs> and the guy at the head of the table goes, I wish you guys would stop doing that. And essentially, that's that's where we were for a long time. The people didn't want to acknowledge social media. It, it was that pure state of denial, that very first day. And, and I try to use humor to disarm people, to find some common ground, and to say, hey, you know what? The, this isn't life or death, you know, and, and, and social media, when you really uh, deconstruct it, it's not rocket science. You know, I mean, to me, it's, it's a lot of common sense and it's understanding how it fits into your overall business plan. It's understanding how to come up with a strategy. It's understanding how to execute against that. It's, it's really not that complicated. Well, what, what impresses me about social media is the fact that we have – the foremost technology right here, right? But really, all we're doing is getting back to basics. Like you said, getting in there, communicating, engaging, letting the other people talk about your brand. But let's talk about the big question of the day with companies. How do you deal with the negativity that does come out with your brand? How do you combat that? How do you engage that? What advice can you give other companies if they're getting ripped apart within the social media sphere? Well, it depends on your company. It depends on your corporate culture, certainly. But uh, I think the first thing to acknowledge is you've already got supporters and detractors, okay? I don't think there's any single company or entity or persona out there who is universally loved, okay? Um, Go glad even you God, you know, <laughs> <laughs> for the people that know it, right? <laughs> Um, and, and again, not to be sacrilegious, but, you, you know, take the notion of God. So, you know, in, in a Christian uh, uh, culture, we, you know, pretty much support God, except for the atheists who don't even acknowledge that he exists. But anyway, we're that's our <laughs> worldview. But then you move over to, uh, to say, Islam, and they believe in a very different God. And, you know, there's in some cases, very extreme cases, there's hate that goes on. Uh, or, or there's just not a non-acknowledgement. So, you know, if, if you want to raise it to the issue of ethics and more morality and stuff like that, there's no universal persona or being that's just well-liked, okay? Right. So that's the first thing to, to acknowledge is that you've got detractors and you've got supporters, okay? The second thing is you need to know where to engage, okay? And it, it depends on the size of your audience, the size of your, uh, the size of your company. With a company like Ford, you can imagine there's all sorts of things that are being said about us every day all over the web. And what I've found is that nine times out of ten, when this is going on in a public sphere, um, we don't even need to get involved because our supporters come out of the woodwork and do the heavy lifting for us. They're there defending us, understanding us, being sympathetic with us, uh, taking other people to task, and keeping them on, on point. Now, when something happens in the news cycle or um, uh, in the in the business plan that is unexpected or not widely known among the public, then it's up to us to actually engage and start educating people. And that's what we had to do uh, last November and December as we were in the congressional hearings with uh, Chrysler and GM. Uh, we were there for a very different reason than the other two, um, but it wasn't necessarily uh, apparent early on that that's, uh, that's what the case was. Okay, so we had to get out there and beat the street, not only online, but with uh, editors, reporters, and producers from all forms of media to make sure that they got the facts right. 
And ultimately what we did was we built the FordStory.com uh, as a site, a repository of where we could tell our story, how we were different, and demonstrate it to people with proof points. Uh, proof points of, you know, not only the plan that we submitted to Congress, but all of the, the advances we've been making uh, doing the hard work in terms of raising our quality to the point where we're now number one in quality, uh, raising uh, the bar on fuel efficiency so that every single vehicle that we've got is best in class in fuel economy, and on and on and on. So what that did was that it allowed us, instead of going out and trying to fight a forest fire with a squirt gun, it allowed us to bring the conversation back to home base, so to speak, and to, to work off of there, and to put anchor points in there and say, hey, uh, over here on this discussion forum, check out this link over here on the Ford story to see exactly what we're talking about. So it was, it was a mix of being out there and engaging with people on their turf, understanding where, where and when it was appropriate to do so, and bringing the, uh, the conversation back to a place where we could uh, monitor it and uh, have a little more uh, uh, shepherding and guidance as to how the, uh, the, the arguments took place. Okay, well, let me, let me toughen up the question a little bit. Okay. You ready? <laughs> Go for it. Because you, you look like you're just, you're just, this is too easy for you. So let's, let's toughen it up a little bit. Bring it. <laughs> I like it. Um, I'm looking at your, and you know, we're, I'm going to go back to earlier when you talked about, you know, you're getting to engage now and get the people involved. And that's the point of social media. And, uh -huh. and Harrison and I are definitely, well, Harrison definitely is into that. And I'm coming on board fast. And I'm looking at your Fiesta movement and how great uh -huh. that is. And now, so now I'm going to combine these two. One, I want you to just kind of briefly explain that, but then I'm going to, I'm going to put that together if, as, as Harrison just talked about with the negativity. So now you've got this whole nice movement with the Fiesta going on. It's introducing everyone there. We're getting, you know, this real feel of what consumers are feeling there. But what are you going to do if a consumer says, hey, I don't like how the, the, the clock is displayed in the Fiesta. How are you going to deal with that kind of stuff? And, well, and, and actually, how is this Fiesta thing working for you? Well, the Fiesta thing, first of all, is working fantastically. We have uh, now a 38% level of awareness of a vehicle that isn't even in the market yet. Okay, that's that's a higher level of awareness than some of our vehicles that have already been out for over a year. Okay, um, we've had uh, I think about uh, 500,000 views of Flickr photos of uh, all the the agents' work. We've had uh, 5.3 million YouTube uh, video views of their work. We've had millions upon millions of Twitter impressions. Um, the, the program, and, and we've got over uh, 50,000 people at this point that have registered some interest uh, in the vehicle. Uh, we don't even have the reservation process open yet, and there's already hand raisers out there who say, yeah, we want to we want to actually uh, be part of this when it comes to market. So from that perspective, it's an unheralded success beyond our wildest expectations, okay? Uh, the second thing is that with regard to your, your question about, okay, what if, uh, what if somebody says something untoward or insulting or negative about the car? Well, that's the beauty of this program. We actually structured it so that uh, we were getting feedback from the agents on a regular basis and you know we're also out there in market doing ride and drives and walk arounds and things like that where we're taking feedback from people real people who uh, will be driving the cars or who currently are driving the cars 
um, and taking that back to our engineering team and saying, okay, before the vehicle even goes into production here in North America, here are some things that we've heard consistently over time. What can we do about it? And that's actually happened. That's, that's gone back to the engineering team. And uh, what they've done is they've, uh, they've made a couple of changes of, uh, of the production model of the Fiesta for job one, which is the, the one that rolls off the production line on the first day. And we will continue to tweak the, uh, the production and, and the styling of it, um, obviously within reason. We're not looking to rebuild the whole car. Um, but we're looking to right. tweak uh, areas that people actually need. Cup holders are a big thing here in the States. They're not as uh, big an issue over in Europe. Uh, how you adjust the seat, whether there's an armrest, uh, the display of the dashboard, all sorts of things like that we're taking into account. So this program has not only been unheralded in terms of its ability to build buzz even before the vehicle is, uh, is, is underway, but it's also been a, an effort in crowdsourcing uh, so we can actually improve it and make it the kind of car that people really do want and value. And we want all of our viewers out there to visit. It's, it's FiestaMovement.com. Amazing website. I mean, videos and, and tweets and live streams and just amazing what is going on for a car, like you said, that's not even to market yet. <laughs> I, I mean, that's... that's. I, I had fun. I got to build my own Fiesta. <laughs> there you go. I and and you know what, I, what else I think is impressive about this is how many times, and Harrison and I have talked about it, you know, you'll see a new car come out, new truck, new car, and you think, this is cool, but let's wait a year till they work out the bugs. And what you've done with this Fiesta uh, movement is you've kind of just eliminated that worry of the first year bugs. You've, you've cut your lead to lag time down, and, and I think that's brilliant. Yeah, and we've, we've had um, almost a year now of the car being available in Europe uh, in this particular trim and, and model. Uh, and it's just, it's been a, a remarkable success. It is our number one selling car in all of Europe. It is the number two car overall uh, it's being sold in Europe. And uh, people just love it. It's a real uh, peppy little car. Uh, it's surprisingly uh, roomy for, uh, for a small car. And uh, we know it's going to answer um, not only a styling, but also a fuel efficiency uh, need that people have here. So I have a question so your key for you. is, go ahead, go ahead. This Eric. is actually from an audience member, because this, this is always a big topic, and since you've got the Ford Fiesta <laughs> movement going, uh, what has been the best strategy while you're communicating your message to figure out what your ROI is within a social, certain social media campaign? Because everybody right now is talking about ROI, 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 and we're in kind of a weird space with social media. Yeah, well, typically with social media, there's no uh, – it's not involved in, in uh, a direct sale. In other words, I do a blog post, I don't make a sale. I, I tweet, I, make, I don't make a sale. It's, it's, it's a little farther removed uh, in terms of the, the marketing funnel. Um, it's more about building awareness, building perception, building trust, okay? Uh, and those have measures to them. And as we look at our regular polling data and surveys that we take all the time uh, at Ford Motor Company and the direction that uh, the company is heading, all of this works together to give us positive momentum uh, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, higher volume uh, coverage, um, a greater degree of um, – uh, positive and and uh, and neutral uh, commentary than negative commentary, um, and overall, 
um, a, a bump up in uh, the notion of, um, of consideration, that more people now will consider Ford as part of their purchase uh, set than they ever have before or, or than, they, than they have in quite some time. Okay, so we're seeing those uh, kind of those big numbers uh, being displayed and, and, and rising every week. Okay, um, but in terms of a specific program, you know, like let, let's take the Fiesta movement since we've been talking about it. Starting the program out and, you know, knowing that by the end of the program or, you know, at certain milestones within the program, we wanted to have, uh, you know, X number of videos produced, uh, X number of views of videos, a pass along rate of a certain amount, um, you know, awareness of the vehicle, um, you know, things like that. And we can we can check ourselves along the way. And like I said, we've been, you know, completely uh, overachieving in every single one of those areas. So we know. Uh, the program is going to be a success. And obviously, uh, the numbers in terms of the early hand raisers and getting people on board to actually get in the queue to purchase this vehicle, um, that's going to be extremely important. Well, I know you're you know what it sounds like? You know what it sounds like? We've got to buy more, more, more Ford stock, Harrison. Write that down. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, you know, we're having another big guest on our show October 8th. And I hear through the grapevine that Scott might be friends with Gary Vaynerchuk and I'm wondering if you guys have some where'd oh. he go I don't know I think we lost him we did lose him we did lose him okay yeah so the ether world is a cruel place <laughs> so we'll try to get him back on here in a moment um, we always have technical difficulties oh here he comes back in right here here he's coming. All right. Always a few, always a few bumps out here in the ether world. <laughs> and look, we're, we're, I mean, here's the brilliance. Look, we're from three different parts of the country right here having a show. It's amazing. <laughs> All right. There he is. There he is. Hey, sorry. Just had to take a bathroom break. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, I was in the middle of being funny when all that happened, right? <laughs> but but October eighth, we've got another sure big guest, <laughs> another big guest on the show, Gary Vaynerchuk, another guy at the top of this social media mountain. And I hear through the grapevine that you guys might have had some conversations. So I'm wondering if you guys have some secret group meeting of world social media domination going on. Well, I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here we go. No. Um, like like any industry, I think there's a uh, there's a group of people that are well connected and in the know and and kind of looked to as as leaders and you know I mean there's a number of us that that deal with each other uh, kind of behind the scenes in some cases and uh, you know it, it, it goes beyond just individual relationships. Uh, Ford is a member of the Social Media Business Council, which is a uh, an industry organization. Uh, made specific specifically for large brands that deal in social media. And the notion there is that this industry is evolving. We're all in this together. We're, we're finding our own way. And such a platform allows those of us in positions like mine to be able to bounce ideas off each other, share insights, case studies, et cetera, and help each other learn along the way. And that's a really interesting part about social media is that even though companies are still in fierce competition for attention and for dollars and all the normal things that they have been in contention for for years, 
Um, there's a spirit of collegiality and of sharing and openness and transparency that comes with it. Um, you know, I was contacted the other day. I, I posted a, a presentation that I gave uh, in New York last week onto uh, SlideShare. And I was contacted through SlideShare by um, somebody in, uh, in digital marketing at Mazda USA. And Ford, if you don't know, Ford owned uh, a majority stake in Mazda until earlier this year. We sold that down as part of our focus on Ford, Lincoln, and Mercury. And we still own a minority stake, but not enough to really have anything to do with our, our counterparts over there. And he contacted me and he said, hey, I'd like to uh, get you on the phone for about an hour and pick your brain about, you know, how we can do things better at Mazda in terms of social media. And I was like, you know what? Uh, I appreciate the interest. Um, it, I feel a little uncomfortable giving you a tutorial since you're a competitor, but everything I do is out on the open on the web. So it's not that hard to find if you want to put a little effort into it. And, and really that's what's going on is that we're, we're all kind of, well, some of us to a certain degree more than others are living our lives out in the open and are completely willing to uh, impart our knowledge uh, to other people. So you and Christopher Barger aren't having dinner together? Uh, we do occasionally, actually. I've been bugging him for the last couple of months that we need to get together for a drink. We were text messaging each other back and forth at the Tigers game a couple of months ago. Um, we, we discovered uh, by happenstance that we were there, and by the time I caught him, he was in the men's room and on his way out because his wife was making him leave early. So, so then you guys actually yeah, have friendly <laughs> competition within the brands. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and look, at I recognize that particularly in the automotive industry, and not just the U.S. automotive industry, but globally, uh, we're all under pressure right now. The industry is uh, going through unprecedented changes. Um, it's, it's, it's almost turning itself on its head where, you know, Ford is now the golden child to a certain degree. You know, we're not all high-fiving each other over there yet. But, um, and, and hey, enjoy it while you can, you know. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, and, and, and companies uh, that have traditionally been uh, really revered are, you know, going through some stumbling blocks right now. And I'm not going to, you know, call anybody out out of respect for their position, but it, there's been a lot in the news lately from all over the globe uh, in the automotive space. So, you know, we try to be supportive and we try to be collegial, but at the end of the day, we've got a business to run. Absolutely. So we've ran over a little bit tonight, but Scott, you've been great. So, so in closing, I simply want to ask you, where do you see Ford's vision for social media? I would normally say over five years, but this platform changes so rapidly. I would say over the next 12 to 18 months. Six months. <laughs> Six months. By yeah, tomorrow. Next, over the next week. Yeah. Um, I think we have come uh, remarkably far, uh, remarkably quickly. Um, when I first came on board, it was our goal to make Ford uh, the number one Oh, we've got some. There we go. You're back. You're back. Okay. I'm here. Okay. Um, so it was our goal to make Ford the number one automotive social brand within three years. Well, we achieved that in six months. Okay. So now that we've gone from zero to 60 uh, in automotive terms, um, where do we go from here? Um, we've done a great job externally, kind of staking our claim, being present, uh, doing all the right things. Now it's up to us to build our infrastructure and to make sure that we have the foundation laid internally 
to educate as many people as possible within the company that need to be educated on social media so that this is a sustainable business model moving forward. A single guy doing this in his off hours is not going to cut it for the remainder of time. Um, we need to work this into folks' uh, workflows. We need to talk about how it uh, impacts how we communicate internally. We need to regionalize it across the globe. Uh, that's going to be a very difficult thing because you know, Facebook and Twitter may be all the rage here, but who knows uh, what's going what's to change and what's going to be prevalent in, com in countries like Brazil and India and China, where we've got a, a pretty good foothold. Um, and then lastly, uh, the notion of putting a solid and um, deliberate training program in place where employees can become certified as digital ambassadors on behalf of Ford. So uh, they know exactly where they can go, where they can't go, things they can and can't say, and everybody can be um, with their own voice, uh, kind of on, on message and on point in terms of defending their company. Well, that's fantastic, Scott. I mean, you're, you're a great leader. I personally think a social media genius, and I, I absolutely want to thank you for coming on the program. I mean that. I really do. It's this is not lip service. I, I mean, I, I've been watching you and and what your brand has done and what you've done with, within that structure. And everybody out there is saying it can't be done, it can't be done, especially at the corporate level. And right here, we've got somebody doing it and doing it very well. So, well, you know, it, yeah, I, I just, you're, you're literally the cutting edge. You are the cutting edge right now. This is it. <laughs> well, I, I, I thank you guys for that. And, you know, in closing, I, I do appreciate those comments, I, and I can't take full credit for this because if I wasn't given the, the leeway that I've been given and if we didn't have the, uh, the great leadership in place that was providing our plan overall as a business to move forward, and if we didn't have the great products to actually back up what we're saying, this would be worthless. You know, we Absolutely. could be talking to ourselves or just going around in circles. So it all works together to really make it successful. And quite frankly, I don't think that there's going to be another time like this in history when the automotive industry is, is in upheaval, where a company like Ford is on the up, uh, upswing, and when uh, a technology or an industry like social media is coming into its own. It's just it's kind of a perfect storm, and I'm very lucky to be where I am. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate it, Scott. So on behalf of Go Glider TV, thank you very much. All right, guys. It's Have been a, a pleasure. Night. Thanks. You too. All right. So Ford Motor Company, Scott Monty, making it happen in the corporate world. So, all right, we're going we're gonna to link all this stuff up over on GoGliderToMedia.com. We'll have all the links, the Fiesta Movement, uh, link up Scott's personal blog, and uh, we'll have all that information up for you. So what do you have to say in closing there, Christian? This has been great. I think just listening, I mean, if you don't believe in social media, if you're still dragging your feet, one, go read his five stages of social media grief. But two, Ford is doing it. And if you noticed, Ford right now is pretty much number one. I mean, everyone else is dragging. Look where they're at. So you know what they say, follow the industry leader. You're not going to go wrong. <laughs> All right. This is Go Gladiator TV. My name is Harrison. And I'm Christian. And we will see you Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Love it.